My name is Alex Townsend. I'm a proud liberal Democrat. I am a pro-choice American. I support reproductive rights. I am also a supporter of the LGBTQ community. Always have been, always will be. The ruling that happened with Roe v. Wade getting struck down six to three, horrible. Absolutely horrible. I know the far right who do not understand the human body for the most part. I know it was a great day for them. I'll say this right now. It wasn't a great day. And also let me remind you, the reason I also say that I'm a proud supporter of the LGBTQ community is because Justice Clarence Thomas has said he's examining the issue of marriage equality now. Really? Really? In 2022, you're scared of gays and lesbians getting married? Really? Unbelievable. Thomas Jefferson, don't pick my pocket, don't break my leg. What is so difficult about that? And also, I go back to the other, my, my other question. It's a woman's body. Why do we, why does the government need to invade that? They don't. That was settled in 1973, or at least it should have been. This is all the more reason I will be supporting President Biden, Vice President Harris, and the Democrats in the midterms and in 2024, and I will be donating money to their campaign. One of the perks of not being in TV anymore is I can actually take a stand for this country. And I plan to do that. I'm a patriotic liberal Democrat, and I don't apologize for that. This is the Aspie Files. Let's get the show started. Hello, 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 cha, cha, cha. I had to get a little uh, lot off my chest there real quick, but that's important that I said that um, because I've mentioned it before on this program. I don't get political on the show all the time, but, um, you know, it is still a part of me. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a proud uh, blue Democrat, you know, very proud. Uh, definitely the center left, but, you know, definitely not a leftist. <laughs> But in any event, um, let me just say um, the other reason that I'm supporting uh, President um, Biden uh, in 2024 and Vice President Harris is the uh, gun uh, reform bill that he signed the law earlier today as we record this. Um, That new law enhances background checks for 18 to 21-year-old gun buyers. The ability to easily access firearms for young adults came under increased scrutiny. This is from CNBC. After 18-year-old armed with assault-style rifles carried out both in Buffalo and Uvalde, Texas shootings, those two shootings that we talked about in the last previous episode, um, legislators also worked to close the so-called boyfriend loophole and restrict gun ownership for domestic violent offenders who are not married to their partners. It also helps grants for state to encourage red flag laws, which allow police and relatives and acquaintances to petition courts to order the removal of a gun if the individual is deemed dangerous. Additionally, the bill will fund school safety and youth mental health programs. Yes, yes, yes. And the Madass majority of law enforcement supports this. So, Fox, next time you want to kiss their ring, you remember that. The vast majority, the vast majority 
of law enforcement support this law. And God bless them. And John Walsh, too, who's an American hero. Two cops and two Americans who have been victims of uh, violent crimes or who have lost a child. It's, It's important to vote, ladies and gentlemen. You need to let your voice be heard in 2022 and in 2024. I don't know if 2024 is going to be a bloodbath, but 2022 will be if you don't vote. You remember this, Paul Rarick, and you can Google him from uh, the uh, far-right group, Alec. I knew an asshole named Alec I used to work with. Ah, I never see that jerk again. But anyway, that's beside the point, folks. New note, as my wife would say. New note, same note. <laughs> okay, um, Paul Rarick said um, he didn't want everyone to vote. In fact, that their leverage, the conservatives' leverage, goes up if less people vote. Hmm. Sound familiar? A similar speech was made in 2012 about voter ID laws. Now, I don't have a problem showing my ID, but let's not take away early voting or voting by mail or after church voting because that's a part of America. That's very, very important. Voting is important to our democracy so that the people have a voice. You know, it's interesting we're talking about this today because I'm also um, want to talk about a documentary I saw on HBO that Judd Apatow uh, directed um, about the greatest comedian who ever walked the planet. We mentioned him last season, and I'm glad we're mentioning him again, Mr. George Carlin. George Carlin was a man who spoke for pissed-off Americans everywhere, and he challenged um, authority. He had a great love for individuals. It was a very progressive thinker, a proponent of free speech, but he had a distrust for institutions. And remember these words, Chuck Woolery taught me them from Love Connection. Broken versus corrupt. Broken you can fix, corrupt you can't. But in the documentary, they talked about George's life uh, growing up in um, White Harlem. (laughs) He moved there after his uh, mother and older sister Patrick and George fled an abusive father. Abusive father who worked in advertising. And in, when there was disagreements and problems, they usually came from the bottle. And um, George struggled with that for most of his life. He thankfully quit drinking in 2005. Um, but um, yeah, uh, it talked about how he got into radio while he was in the Air Force. And then how he met um, his partner, Jack Burns, who later went on to work with Andy Griffith. Um, and how even in the 60s when George was a suit and tie comedian, he was very topical. He was very aware of absurdity and uh, hypocrisy in our society. You look at the comics now like, you know, Russell Peters and... Greg Proops and uh, Bill Maher and Hassan Minaj. Lars uh, was really good at this. Um, bu- 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 Colbert, Seth Myers. Um, there's people that call out the absurdity in our society. Carlin was the master at that. 
But even when he was a suit and tie comedian, he was he was a guy that questioned our world. But when he saw what was going on in Vietnam, he just couldn't turn a blue blue a eye to it. He just couldn't turn away from it. And yeah, um he got through those sixties because of the love of his wife Brendan. They were married for thirty seven years and the film talks about their marriage and that you hear George's voice throughout the documentary. That's what I really liked is that I don't know how Apatow got these asked these voices to the to these uh, quotes from Carl and these notes. I don't know how the hell he got these audio notes, but you know, he also made a documentary about his uh, friend and mentor Gary Shandling, and so you know, Apatow's a genius and he's a respecter of comedy, and I, you got to give it up for him. He's really um, astute at that. He's you know he's a genius. Um, he's a lot more than just the forty year old virgin and knocked up. Although I think knocked up is one of the funniest comedies ever made, along with funny people and this is forty um, and not, and a uh, uh, train wreck. Train wreck. There we go. Um, I still got to see your Staten Island film, and make sure you pay Marissa Tomei. You and Pete Davidson. Oh, Pete, how's Kim doing? <laughs> um, but yeah, so what we're talking about? Oh yeah, George Carlin. So, uh, but you know, by the end of the '60s, he'd had enough of being a suit and tie comic. He grew his hair, grew his long hair, uh, walked away from a lucrative contract at the Frontier Lodge in Las Vegas at twelve thousand five hundred dollars a week. Um, he put all the chips in, and he started playing. Small house. I think he said he, he, his income went down by like 75%, 80%. But he started playing folk rooms, college campuses. Um, he played the bitter end. Jenny and I were going to go there when we were in um, New Jersey. But <laughs> her her mother, Pauline, God bless her, uh, didn't want us to go. She didn't want us to, um, uh, to get hurt in New York City. I, I get it. She was concerned. And I know I was reading about the New York Post, so I read about crime going on there. So I, I was concerned as well, but I still wanted to have a little fun. I will say this, though. We were guests in their house, so we respected that. But also... But also... We, um... It was a holiday weekend, and we wanted to really just be with the family. So I got that. And with friends, it was, it was a great, great, um... It was, a great, it was a great weekend. It really was. But, um, yeah, so with Carlin, he started adding to his material, sex, drugs, rock and roll. He experimented with, you know, you know, language. I, I mean, seven dirty, seven words you can never say on television. Just love those words. Oh, shit, piss, cunt, cock, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's just awesome. The fuck was one of them? Yeah. <laughs> In any event, um, so, yeah, he, and I love that bit from Class Clown. That was really good. FM and AM, which featured his clean side when he was a suit and tie comic, and then the, the other side that had, um, how do I say this? That was sex, drugs, rock and roll, and, you know, I love, I, I will say he, he had three areas he drew from. The English language, the little world of shoelaces, pets, what's in the refrigerator, Official humor that Jerry Seinfeld, you know, was known for. Um, and then the big world of issues, love, hate, death, war, race, business, religion, sex. Um, and he just, he drew from that a lot. He kind of got away from it, you know, in the 80s and became a visual comic. But by 1988, when he saw Sam Kinison and became fr friends with him, he dedicated his 92 uh, special jam in New York to Sam after Sam was killed in a car accident. Um... But yeah, um, 
George was very observant, and he also, um, I love his material as he got older, the angrier he got, the more like, oh my god, yes, I'm pissed off at this too, I hate pretentiousness too, uh, and, um, I hate, you know, that our fucking rights get violated every, you know, every day, and, you know, not many people seem to care about that, and it's just frustrating, and, you know, I, I could see why people like Carlin got a bit apathetic as he got older, and some people said he was bitter and angry. He wasn't bitter. He was just frustrated, you know, and, you know, because he saw how fucked up Vietnam was and how fucked up the Nixon administration was and how fucked up Reagan administration was, you know? And it just fueled him, and I'm not surprised these bigger topics started coming up the older he got, you know? It was just... was just amazing. He talked about abortion in... Uh, his special, and he mentioned, you know, but once you're born, you're on your own, and it's like, oh, God, yes, you know, especially, I mean, you know, just the fight to get education better in this country, and to make, you know, higher education more affordable, it's just amazing, it really is, but, you know, it goes back to another thing Carla mentioned in Jammin' in New York in 92, um, the we're a warlike country because we like war. And he said, it's a good thing because we're not very good much of anything else. We can't get health care to our citizens. We can't um, make a car of VCR worth a fuck. Can't educate our young people, but we can bomb the shit out of your country. All right, he said. I love that. I thought that was cool. I thought that was really cool. Um, and on the money, too. Like, he was not afraid to call out that education sucked in this country. Um, it has for a long time. It's horrible to say that, but it has. I was fortunate I had good teachers, but not everyone's that lucky. Um, and we don't pay them like we should. That shocks me, you know. Um, mentioned this Vice documentary where teachers just walked out of school and a couple of them got better paying jobs in other countries. Like, America, start paying your citizens better. And President Biden, hey, Let's get that minimum wage up to $15 an hour. If you could get gun reform passed, you could definitely get this passed. You and Harris got to rally your troops together. And you got to sometimes converse with the Republicans. Because some of them voted for that gun reform bill. I have a feeling some of them would help you with this too. I would hope. If you can get small businesses in that raise their wages on their own and they were asked why'd you do that and they would tell you some of them said oh we always wanted to do it but we couldn't do it until now and i'm happy i can do it i'm happy i can pay my employees well because they work hard i like knowing bosses like that i've got bosses like that now thank god for them um and i had a couple good bosses like that when i worked in tv you know beth (laughs) joel hey buddy um, bu- 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 and uh, Mikey, thanks, Skull. Thanks for being there for me, man. You're a good guy. <laughs> and I actually listen to more cool in the game now because of you, dude. I gotta say that. Uh, but you know, um, yeah, just Carlin just got just better and better the older he got. And yeah, you know, I hope Chris Rock and Bill Maher can carry that torch and keep going like that. They can do that, and they're also like. Uh, Carla not afraid to talk about subjects other comics would run away from. It's refreshing to see that. It really is. Um, <laughs> but um, then they got John Stewart to be in the documentary. W. Kamal Bell. They got 
His daughter Kelly is, his brother Patrick had a 420 t-shirt. It was so fucking cool. I love that. That was really great. That was really fun. Um, but I mean, it was just a great documentary. It really was. It really was. Um, and another comic that's made me laugh, um, a lot, well, comedy singer and musician, (laughs) who's made me laugh, uh, this last couple of, well, last, since we last saw each other, I can safely say he's an American icon, and I meant to talk about him after we did our bonus episode for MTV, about, of MTV turning 40, but I will talk about him now, um, he's an American icon, he should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'm surprised he's not, uh, he's, um, sold 14 million albums, I think it is, uh, he's won five Grammys, um, a boatload of gold and platinum albums, um, and he's, he has, he's a man that made the accordion somewhat interesting, you know, and he also, um, made weird songs by giving them a comedic, another comedic twist, a satirical twist, uh, just biting, just loved it, you know, um, I'm not sure, I hope those origins make sense, um, but yeah, I mean, Al was really good at parody, let's just go back to that, he's very good at parody, you know, um, and, um, y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about, it's Weird Al Yankovic, of course, Weird Al Yankovic is an American icon, I do not know why he is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he should be, I talked to one of his super fans not that long ago, and they said to me, oh yeah, we're gonna send uh, cookies to Cleveland, I was like, you might want to send them as soon as possible, babe, so, but yeah, uh, Weird Al Yankovic, born, uh, Linwood, California, 1959, um, his father earned two Purple Hearts in World War II and told his son, the key to success is doing for a living whatever makes you happy, and his mother was a stenographer, and very protective, but, they provided a very loving home for Al. Uh, they encouraged his musical abilities um, for his um, seventh birthday. Um, there was a traveling salesman, and the traveling salesman had guitar lessons too. But um, they figured the accordion would be really good, and he picked it up. Um, for three years, he took up lessons and got it. Uh, the running joke Al says is uh, his parents were convinced it would revolutionize rock. He actually learned how to play his favorite album, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, on the accordion, you know? Um, I think once he was able to do that and he was able to write songs of his own, that um, he found his voice. He was a pretty shy person, you know? Even through his college years, he was very shy. Um, And he, you know, graduated from high school at 16. Um, His valedictorian speech was actually about climate change, you know? And um, he's an architect, so I'm sure he would make an environmentally... uh, green home, and, um, it'd be, you know, secure to live in, but, um, yeah, he discovered, uh, a radio personality named Dr. DeMetto, who's based out of Southern California, um, still going to, it's hard to believe, but, um, on, it's got internet show, guys, um, he made a, t- what Al did when he was 16 years old, he's made a, a comedy tape of, um, a song he wrote called Belvedere Cruising, which is about his family's Plymouth Belvedere, and it was really good. It's really funny when you hear it. Uh, and played it at college at um, California Polytech State University, where he studied architecture. He got his degree from there, by the way, too. Um, he worked as a radio DJ there, and that's where he got the name Weird Al. Um, 
And it was during that period he wrote a parody uh, called My Bologna. My Bologna. I love that. Um, and that's a uh, parody of uh, My Sharona, the 1979 classic by The Knack. A great song. And then first time I heard that was on an episode of uh, Full House where Jesse went to his high school reunion. Uh, we later found out he dropped out of high school uh, right before he was supposed to graduate. Um, and he had a high school band called Discipline Problem, which sounds like the name of a high school college rock, a high school rock band, doesn't it? <laughs> a high school garage rock band. <coughs> garage rock band. I, I don't know how that's, I don't think that's an offensive term in the least, by the way. Um, so Al made a demo and gave it to uh, Dr. Demento. Um, he made the recording, by the way, from the campus bathroom of a school because he couldn't afford a recording studio and the walls gave good sounds uh the song got played and was a huge hit um well in that in the sense it got played on the radio and people liked it a year later he ended up on the tomorrow show with tom well two years later he ended up on the tomorrow show with tom snyder and it, a year before that it was it that happened because of something that happened a year before on this friend of dr Mento radio show he did a song called Another One Rides the Bus, which is a parody of Another One uh, Bites the Dust. And that's where he met his drummer, John Bermuda Schwartz, who uh, used the accordion case as a drum. And there were like horns and bells and special effects. Like if you listen to some of Al's music, including his polka medleys that he does on every album he's made, almost every album he's made, um, it almost sounds like a circus. And it almost sounds like the Dodger Meadow Show. It's unbelievable. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've seen his appearance on The Tomorrow Show, which was April 21st, 1981. Uh, oh, God, it was great. It was really awesome. Um, that appearance led to another parody called I Love Rocky Road. And um, Al's debut album, I Love Rocky Road, became a top 40 hit. It's awesome. Uh, Ricky uh, was a parody of Mickey. And that video uh, broke into the top uh, 100 videos on TV of all, uh, at the time. Um, and uh, was that a hit? What was it? Was it a hit? Let me see here. Um, was Ricky a hit? Yeah, Ricky went to number 63 on the Billboard 100 charts. Pretty good for a comedy recording. Um, but yeah, and at the time, Al was working at Westwood One pursuing his music career, and he um, also had opened for a band called Missing Persons uh, during that uh, period of '82. And they got booed off the stage, but they got their, I think it was 500 bucks they got. And Al was asked, how come you, you stood on stage when they were uh, uh, throwing uh, trash at you? He goes, oh, because uh, they paid me to be on stage 45 minutes. <laughs> so you got to give Al credit. He's very good with irony. He really is giving it a, uh, His next album was Weird Al, uh, Yankee Bank 3D, which had Eat It, the parody of Beat It. Once Michael Jackson said yes, um, getting permission from our other artists, getting their blessings really really um was not that hard afterwards it really wasn't um and um so after that he parodied uh, like a surgeon with madonna and um he made a wonderful song called i lost on jeopardy which uh, jenny loves she lives i lost on jeopardy um but uh yeah, um and then he you know um he um about the technical difficulties there folks um i try not to apologize for those too much but i figured you know i would to the audience be honest uh we were trying to pull up uh, other albums of al's and i had a difficult time doing it but i found what i was looking for um yeah so he um after obviously after the success of um weird Al, uh the 
oh, 3D album. Then there was Dare to be Stupid. Um, and let's see, that album had Like a Surgeon, Madonna, which I mentioned before. We had our technical difficulty. I Want a New Duck, uh, Huey Lewis the News, Dare to be Stupid by Devo. That's really good, by the way. That's a really good song. Um, Girls Just Want to Have Lunch. I heard that the other day. That was really funny. Um, oh, now, again, this is... Um, Something that he does very, he does on almost every album he's made. He does polka versions of popular songs. There's a uh, sharp dressed man's easy top. That was really good. What's up? Got to do with the Tina Turner. That was really good. Um, we're not going to take it to his sister. That was really cool. Footloose, uh, Kenny Loggins, um, relax by Frankie goes to Hollywood, goes to Hollywood. That was really good though. You know, and then, you know, he made, you know, an album after that, that wasn't successful. Dare to be stupid, which had living with a hernia, which is just a weird song in general. But, um, that was a polka party, um, and then Even Worse came out, Even Worse is a really, really good album, now that album got him back, um, <coughs> pardon me, his credibility, I think, in a lot of ways, he parodied Bad, um, with a, with the song Bad by Michael Jackson became Fat, which, um, won him a Grammy for Best Concept Video, the year I was born, 1988, um, uh, I think I'm a clone now, oh, obsessed with that song, which is a parody of, uh, I think we're alone now by Tiffany lasagna, which is a parody of La Bamba's, uh, by Los Lobos. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, uh, um, Al- Alimony, which is a parody of Molni Molni by Billy Idol. <laughs> oh my God. Great songs. And then he made it during that period. He was writing and made his first movie UHF, which was about a, uh, a, um, a TV network. Um, and had parodies of TV and movies and commercials. Um, Unfortunately, the album came out at the worst possible time. It um, came out uh, the same week that Honey, I Shrunk the Kids did and Do the Right Thing. Um, and on top of the fact the critics weren't that wild about it. But uh, Al told Biography that ultimately what happened was, you know, people saw it you know, on cable and then when it went to VHS, that literally put it in a top 10 list at one point. And the his critics... His critics don't always understand Al. I will say that, though. I mean, he's he gets mixed reviews for stuff, but, you know, I think it's because comedy is not respected often for what it is. Now, it's an art, uh, but it is an art of the people, as George Carlin once put it. So, naturally, critics, who are sometimes failed TV writers and screenwriters themselves, as Joe Rogan has once put it, <laughs> so eloquently as well, but... Al has a built-in audience because there are people that find this shit funny, and I am of that. I am of that of that group. I think Al Weird Al is a funny, funny man. Um, I love "Smells Like Nirvana." That's really good. Uh, let's see here. What else we found here? Um, that 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 was a good song, and the album's pretty good too. Alapalooza came out after. That. Oh, I love his parody of "Achy Breaky Heart." Uh, called it a "Achy Breaky Song." Don't play that song, that achy breaky song. (laughs) You can torture me with Donnie and Marie. You can play some Barry (laughs) Manilow. You mentioned Debbie Boone, Um, (laughs) the Village people. I like the Village people, actually. You know, I'll 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 say this if I may. Um, I mentioned Carlin earlier. Carlin did a bit in two thousand one for complaints and grievances, which is a really great special. Um. He kind of threw some shade at uh, Bono and Sting, and I actually like them. And Jewel, like, yeah, I like them. Like, you know, so what do they? So what do they have one name? George, like, 
they're talented. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> really? He probably like <laughs> smooth kid. <laughs> um, Bohemian Polka that was really good off that uh, that album. Um, but then uh, Bad Hair Day had the Coolio period. Get all Amish. Paradise is fucking awesome. Love am Amish Paradise. Uh, um, yeah. And Coolio, by the way, he's the, the reason Al didn't start trouble. It's just Coolio's label didn't do their due diligence, which is very common in corporate America. <laughs> um, Coolio did not wasn't wild about the parody, so he said no. The label said yes, and the label had the power. They couldn't stop. Coolio couldn't stop him. And Coolio was talking shit about this at the Grammys. Um, <laughs> he takes that that man takes himself way too seriously at times. <laughs> Get the stick out of your ass, Coolio. What kind of grown ass man still calls himself that name? I. <laughs> In any event, um, but the good news is Alan Coolio had a um, reunion at a. Um, a trade show, and I thought that was awesome. That was really cool. Um, Poodle Hat, I've been listening to that a lot. That came out in 2003. Um, this after he married um, his wife, um, and they had their daughter. Um, never thought Al would get married or have kids. I'm so happy for him that he, he got lucky in both those departments. Um, but yeah, um, so on Poodle Hat, which, by the way, um, that also won a Grammy, wasn't it? You know. Um, it had some really good songs, I just gotta say. It was really, really good. Uh, it peaked at number uh, 17 on the Billboard 200 Pop Charts, which not bad for a guy by this time. I've been around, that, that time I've been around for 20 years. Um, the parodies and the songs he did on this album included Couch Potato. Oh, I love that one. Uh, parody of uh, Lose Yourself by Eminem. Trash Day. That's really funny. It's a parody of Hot in Here by uh, Nelly. Angry White Boy Polka has, um, let's see, Chop Suey, System of a Down. Uh, fell in Love with a Girl, that was good. White Stripes. Uh, Last Night, The Strokes, that was really good. My Way, Limp Biscuit. wow. Outside Stain, Bawa to Bawa, Kid Rock, Youth of a Nation, P.O.D., The Real Slim Shady, wow. Uh, complicated Song by Avril Lavigne, that's really good. Uh, eBay, which is a parody of um, I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. Uh, and that's awesome masterpiece straight out of like that's a, that's a masterpiece as well, along with the 3D album, but uh, also um, straight out of Linwood, which got uh, let's see three stars out of Rolling Stone. That's really good. Rolling Stone gives him usually mixed reviews. It's unfortunate, but uh, I, but I love and my favorite song of Al's is on um, straight out of Linwood, White and Nerdy, by um, this is a parody of Ride and Dirty by Chameleon Air. Um, let's see, Canadian Idiot, Canadian Idiot, uh, it's a parody of American Idiot by, uh, Green Day. I, I, I can imagine Green Day enthusiastically saying yes to Weird Al. I can see that. And I'm, I'm Chameleon Air, loved, loved White and Nerdy, and I do too, because I am White and Nerdy, uh, in my own right. I mean, a lot of things I liked as a kid, I still like as an, uh, as an adult, uh, game shows, uh, Nicktoons, uh, Bobby's World. Let's see, Charlie Brown, The Peanuts Gang. Um, hmm. What else? 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 Those are the main. Oh, Disney. Disney. Disney Plus. So, you know, like the smart guy, Boy Meets World shows, dinosaurs. Um, let's see. A proud family. I haven't seen the new the new version yet. That's that's really good. I saw the item in final, though. So, as you probably see the uh, the show, um, now that it's it's uh, back on Disney Plus. Um, but, um, 
see what we have on here. Uh, Confessions, part three. That's really good. Uh, oh, trapped in the drive-thru. That was really funny, too. Way too long, but really good. Um, uh, that's not a swipe out. I love it, but uh, ooh, 10 minute songs. Um, uh, Al uh, Apocalypse. Al, Al, Al Apocalypse, I think that's pronounced. Oh. Alec Apocalypse, sorry. Al, if I butchered that, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, two, two and a half stars, Rolling Stone. What the hell? <laughs> that That's a good album. That's a really wonderful album, too. It has performed this way. It's a parody of Lady Gaga. Um, TMZ. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, parody of You Belong With Me by Taylor Swift. Polka Face, which includes Polka Face, Lady Gaga, Womanizer, Britney Spears, uh, Ride Round, uh, Flo Rider, uh, Need You Now, Lady Antebellum. Oh, that was really Baby by Justin Bieber, So What, Pink, I Kissed a Girl, Katy Perry, Blame It, Jamie Foxx, that was really funny. Um, oh, I forgot TikTok by Kesha's on there. Really? Whatever. Party in the CIA, which is a parody of Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. Uh, another Tattoo, which is a parody of Nothing on You. Um, whatever You Like, which is a parody of Whatever You Like by T.I. I don't know why. <laughs> that, was, that was an interesting... Uh, and then Al throws me for a curveball. That was one time. The other time was when he did a uh, Billy Joel. Um, it's still Billy Joel to me. Or uh, the saga, can, or the the parody of American Pie. The saga begins. I think it's. I think it's pronounced. Let me see real quick. It was off uh, Running with Scissors, 1999. The saga begins. I was correct. Okay, I'm gonna make sure I get that right. Uh, and then this last album, which came out. Oh God, 2014. Yes. Oh God, eight years ago. My God. Um, it was that long. Um, that he said this will very likely be his last uh, album, and he'll probably just release his stuff uh, via uh, online, just so he'll um, be able to be relevant with uh, pop culture. He'll always find a way, and he's also recently worked with Portugal and the Man. Uh, that and that was that was really good. It was a good that was a good parody. Um, it was a good song. I don't remember the name of the song. We'll get to that. Um, before we uh, depart. Uh, so Mandatory Fun, which I also have in CD. I should get it in vinyl now. Um, Handy, which is a parody of Fancy by Iggy Azalea and Charlie XCX. Uh, oh, that's right. She is British. Um, <laughs> is it Iggy Azalea British too? Oh, she's Australian. So. Uh, Foil, which is a parody of um, Royals by Lord. That's a good song. Lord's British as well. Um, Word Crime. That's fun. That's a parody of Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke, T.I. and Pharrell Williams. Uh, now it's like called Polka, which goes back to the Polka medleys. This one has uh, Wrecking Ball, Miley Cyrus. Uh, let's see. Gangnam Style. Call Me Maybe Carly J- Ray Jemsen. Uh, somebody that I used to know. It's a good song. Uh, by Gotti. Uh Let's see here. Timber, Pitbull, um, Thrift Sharp, Macklemore. I think I know him. Um, forgive me, folks. Um, but, I mean, like, just just really, really just wonderful, wonderful songs. And, um, oh, Tacky. Oh, I, oh, I would oh, I would have kicked myself if I forgot to mention Tacky. Tacky, Tacky's a great song. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Tacky um, is a parody of uh, Happy. Uh, from Pharrell Williams, uh, and Happy, we've often played at our church uh, at the Center for Spiritual Living in Cape Coral. If you're ever in Southwest Florida, make sure you visit that church. It'll change your mind a little bit about organized religion. At least it did for me, anyway. Um, thank heaven before I turned 30. Um, <coughs> I don't know where I'd be at 34 without God <laughs> and my wife, but um, 
my point being is Weird Al Yankovic is an American icon. He takes great songs and makes them funnier. He takes weird songs that are pretentious and makes them uh, funny as hell. And I'm just, I'm so happy that he does what he does. And, you know, I, I, I firmly believe I will live to see him be inducted into Rock and Hall of Fame. But please keep sending those cookies to Cleveland, Ohio. Please do so. And I'll say to all of you, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. I know we're very um, topical today and very uh, pointed, but uh, it's what we do here at the Ask Me Files. I feel the deal is to be honest with you, just like Carlin was uh, for me. And um, thank you, George. Thank you very much. And um, I should say um, the hardest part of June is the anniversary of my grandmother's death. She died three years ago um, this month. And... uh, We've been standing in the, we did standing in the light at church and um, um, we mentioned um, we mentioned us uh, people that we want to give uh, best wishes to and I mentioned my grandmother I just broke down and cried and I felt horrible that I broke down and cried from my church and petitioners said it's okay it's okay sweetheart so you know that was good uh, that was a relieving feeling a relief to know but anyway um in any event, thank you all for listening today, and uh, we hope you see we hope to see you on the next episode of the Ask Me Files. But in, in, until we see each other next, have that piece of chocolate cake, have that feel good sandwich, go for a run, go for a swim as it's getting hot out in these parts, um, go kayaking, play around in golf, call your mom, tell her you love her, tell you call your dad, tell them you love them, call your grandparents, say you love them, they're the best. They sometimes understand you when mom and dad don't, um, and um, Thank God for comedy. It's the uh, end podcast. They're the last forms of free speech we need in this country. Take it easy, folks. Stay blessed.